Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by myself, Ryan McGow, and as ever, James Kay. How are you doing, bud? I'm, I'm very well, thank you, given the lockdown circumstances. How are you? I'm very good. Um, special announcement. It was James Kay's birthday yesterday at the time of recording, yeah. which is Friday, which is when this episode should hopefully be going out, I believe, maybe this later on this evening. Um, yep. So, yes, uh, for all those listening, if you may fancy it, think about having... James, a happy birthday. Wish him a happy birthday in your head. Why not? Thank you. 25 years of age, quarter of a century. Ah, oh, I Body remember. Body started to give up already. I remember 25. <laughs> Is it a good year? Do I have a lot to look forward to? Uh, I I do remember when I hit 25, I was like, I thought like you, but I'm a bit of a nihilist. I was like, oh, 25. Oh, that is quarter of a century. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, okay. I don't know what it is. Like, it might, maybe it's our generation or maybe it's not where like, our parents' generation and the generation before, by the time they hit like 20, they had like grandkids and they'd been at the job for like 10 <laughs> years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, I'm get, 27 now. Uh, I live with my sisters, like in a in a shared house, which was our old family home. Um, and I, I'm just like, not yet ready to kind of grow up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I completely get that. Like, uh, one of my uh, closest friends just had, or two of them actually, uh, had a child recently oh, and yeah. like, congr- i don't know if i don't know if they listen but congratulations to them yeah and i was like oh my god they've got this entire new responsibility and i'm eating pringles in bed like a fucking gremlin <laughs> that's the bit in it like when you look at like friends of yours and they're having kids now and you're like god fucking are we having kids already and then you look at yourself and i am 27 like <laughs> yeah it's like maybe they i should be where they are yeah my mum had me before 27 like oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, by the time my mum was my age, she had two kids. Well, there you go. Maybe it's a pressure thing. We're looking at our parents' generation and being like, oh, no, I need to be like them. I need to be catching up. Uh, And and maybe that's why our generation of millennials are so fucking panicky about everything because we're in our 20s yet and still haven't figured out what we want to do. But there's no jobs and there's no houses to live in. So what are you going to do? Maybe 2020 was the year it was all going to change and then coronavirus stopped it. So we'll all just put everything off for a year. We could have met the loves of our life this year, but COVID said no. No, <laughs> COVID did say no. <laughs> so um, we'll just put it off for a year. So yeah, uh, so happy birthday, James. <laughs> I hope it was a good Thank lockdown you. birthday. I had a lockdown birthday. Most people have had a lockdown birthday this year. I hope we've all enjoyed yeah. it somewhat. Yeah, it just means that next year, if and hope to God that we get out, it will all be everyone celebrate double as hard. Have a holiday. If you're going to order one shot, order two. If you're going to have six pints, have 12. Mm. Except for the uh, weekend birthday uh, birthday weeks uh, that I've, I've seen become more of a trend. For me... You don't like that, do you? I hate it. For me, my birthday is a, a solid six hours. I get up, sort of mill around, <laughs> and then I start to see everyone. Happy birthday, Ryan. Hello. Thank you very much. Have a card. Have a present. Maybe have dinner. And then after dinner, my birthday's over. It's done. It doesn't even last 24 hours now at 27. Yeah, I feel like we're the same. Yeah, and I know people that have birthday months. Uh, uh, and yeah. it's like, but I have many, many friends that I need to see. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> your birthday anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did get it. That was a big thing at uni. Yeah, yeah. If you missed your birthday, that's your fault. Like, <laughs> like I'm not being funny, James. You're not going to have a birthday month in that I'm going to see you in, I don't know, January again when we're allowed to meet up in person. You're not going to have a birthday three months until you meet me again. No, absolutely not. But every day is a celebration. Apparently. That's why it's a present. I say through gritted teeth. But this last week has dragged like fuck. We're one week into lockdown, it feels like a lifetime. I, I can agree with you on that one. This is my first lockdown properly where I've been off work. 
and it has it has dragged this just first week alone last lockdown flew it was so quick and this one the breaks of i think it's because like maybe the days are shorter it's always dark uh, good point yeah yeah might be that yeah the days were longer last time the you were still going out having in. like four walks a day exactly and nowadays like i've taken up cycling i don't know what's happened to me but i've taken up cycling and i'm going out and then i'm getting back and like i only have like a three hour window of light mm. yeah bizarre anyway mm. speaking of a bit of apocalyptic events let's go to uh, part two of the salem witch trials shall we nice that's a good segue it's almost like we're professional on it but we're not but we're trying. We've been doing that. I keep getting memories on my Facebook now of, oh, we recorded this a year ago today. Yes. I'm like, did we? Did we? Fucking Jesus. I love that. I think that's brilliant. We now have history, James. Yeah. To all the doubters that said we'd only do a few episodes and stop. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fun fact. James and I, I think, have at least one other podcast. No, two podcast series that we, we've been part of and tried to make in the past that just haven't worked. So well done. Yeah. Us one for of them doing was together. This. Yeah. One of them was a football one, which just didn't... I think the last one we did was Christmas Eve 2018, and then we never did one again. Excellent. We won't tell you what it's called. So. <laughs> no, don't look it up. It's, it's just weird. It's not good. But yeah. <laughs> this one has legs. This one has legs, as we have found out. It's uh, a year on and going, so we're, we're great. Um, so, let's pick up where we left off, shall we? Um, where we last left... Uh, we were at the local courthouse. The year is 1692, and a slave woman called Tichiba was being questioned over the accusation that she is a witch and has bewitched the two young girls, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams. Now, there, Tichiba admits to seeing the devil in the form of a big black dog and incriminates two other women, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Now, all three were sent to jail. Tichba also claimed that there were at least seven others that she knew about but didn't know their names. Now, the reason for this knowledge, she claims, is that there was a devil's book and that all the witches' names were in this book and that was what binded them to the devil. All making sense so far. Is that an okay of a recap for you? Yeah, thank you for doing so. Excellent. Now, the existence of a book like this absolutely freaked out the locals. This was all too real now. There are more witches in the village and they must be found. Locals will be keeping an eye out and don't think you can just act natural and breeze past this. You can be accused of being a witch for simply having an opinion on the matter. Which brings us to the case of Martha Corey. She was a woman in her 60s and wife to a man called Giles Corey who was a farmer. Now Martha was a paid up member to the church. She attended every gathering by all accounts and was a stand-up person. However, she was a bit sceptical of the girls' symptoms that they were showing throughout the village now. Now, interestingly, Mercy Lewis. Do you remember the Mercy Lewis from last week? She was one of the girls... I remember the name. Yeah, she was one of the girls who accused Tichiba of being a witch. And it's, uh, uh, she was... You had... Um, Abigail and Betty were the first two girls who were the daughter mm -hmm. and niece of the uh, uh, priest of the village, the Reverend, right. Reverend Paris. And then Mercy Lewis was a girl who, when she was a child, most of her family was wiped out by Indians, uh, Native Americans. Um, she, okay. she was another one who started exerting symptoms and then blamed Tichiba, the uh, slave woman, 
because she was black uh, and looked like, to their mind, a Native American. So she was just like, oh, it's easy to just blame her because she's black, which is just wrong. Right, okay. So yes. Now, if we remember Mercy Lewis, who is one of the girls who accused Tichaba of being a witch, she's now having another fit randomly. No one asked for it. She's just doing it. Now, she's screaming and thrashing about the room, and she claims she's being tormented by the spectre of a person. And that person is the skeptic Martha Corey. Ooh, a bit coincidental. Martha Corey's like, this is all a bit shit in it. Like, you girls are just being a bit crazy. And then Mercy Lewis mm. is like, oh no, I'm being tormented by a spectre. And that spectre is Martha Corey. Um, and then Martha Corey gets arrested and is questioned by the magistrates John Hawthorne and John Corwin. That's literally enough to have someone arrested. Someone saying, I saw the spectre, or you know what I'm referring to, like just the outline figure of a person that looked yep. to me like Martha Corey. And then they've gone, oh, that's enough for me. Arrest her. <laughs> that's literally what happened. Now, they go in with the usual questioning. Uh, you know, why are you doing it? Why do you want to hurt these girls? No actual evidence is being brought to the case. Just the fact that she was somehow a, a spectre in someone's room. They're just accusations. And to John Hawthorne, this is what's called spectral evidence. Now, spectral evidence will be very important in the witch trials. It's one of the major pieces of evidence against all of the people that are accused. Spectral evidence. So, like, you're sat in your room right now, James. If you just look to your left, I, I'm assuming there's nothing to your left, like, like there's no wall. Look to your left and just imagine mm -hmm. a figure of a person. Now put a face to that figure and then go, mm -hmm. oh, that's so-and-so. You then go to the judges and say, uh, this person's spectre appeared in my room. That would get them arrested. That's incredible. I'm going to try that. I'm going to ring 999 and say someone's haunting me <laughs> and it's an actual person. Can you go deal <laughs> yeah. with them, please? Yeah, police, what's your emergency? There is a spectre of a man in my room. Um, <laughs> so there's no money in your room. There is a spectre of a man in my room. Did I fucking <laughs> stutter? <laughs> so, um, yeah, spectral evidence is for some reason used uh, during the witch trials, bizarrely. Now, when you sign the devil's book, so it would literally play out as such, the devil popped up like with his goat legs and whatnot, had a big old book because he likes to keep records, and he says, right, with blood, you need to write your name in this book, and it will bind you to me forever. And then all the witches go, yep, brilliant, okay, prick your finger, right, right, right. That's apparently how it happens. So when you sign the devil's book, you give him permission to use your image in whichever way seems fit, right? Uh, so he can then take your image and start being a spectre in your bedroom and start annoying people, right? Um, now, Martha protests her innocence vehemently, stating that she is a law-abiding, God-fearing woman, but she is arrested nonetheless. Alongside her husband, I would mention, who is not accused of witchcraft, he's just protesting his wife's innocence, and they went, arrest him too. Because why not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, she didn't do it. It's not her. Uh, you want to keep protesting? I'll fucking arrest you as well. You can't do that. Right, arrested. Now, what the fuck? Oh yeah, it's crazy. And it gets it gets crazier. Now, within the next week, I'm going to rattle off some names. Rebecca Nurse, her sister Sarah Cloyce, Elizabeth Proctor, her husband and their servant, Abigail Hobbs, and their stepmother, uh, Deliverance Hobbs, Bridget Bishop, and even... 
a four-year-old called Dorothy Good were all arrested as witches and interrogated. Right. Yeah, a four-year-old. So they're just rounding people up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone who gets accused, anyone who looks weird. Remember, we said last week, um, uh, anyone who had maybe, like, they were a bit of an outcast in society or, you know, they are a loner, something like that was the easy person to pick on. Tichaba was mm. also one of the best ones to pick on because she was a slave woman in a in a in a white village, um, and then you were basically offered the chance to confess uh, yeah. and incriminate someone else, and basically that's what happened. People were like, um, "Yes," but it was not just me; it's them as well. And then so many people end up getting rounded up. Right. So yeah, as I say, almost all of them would then go on to input. Impl- uh, implicate others in the hope of it helping to wash away their own accusation the idea was that admitting your sin would be the first step to being absolved um so um you know confession in catholicism um you can be forgiven for your crime and move on that kind of thing and that's what the puritans were trying to encourage as well confess your sin will work a way of you know fixing it but you have to implicate someone else as well, kind of thing, was the way. If you weren't going to implicate another, you're not helping. Therefore, you don't, you're not actually confessing. Um, you don't actually want to be forgiven because you're not willing to give up the whole thing. Uh, which obviously spiralled out of control because then everyone was accusing everyone just to get out of it. Mm. Now, yeah, William Hobbs... He's the father to Abigail Hobbs and husband to Deliverance Hobbs, which is an interesting name. I'm talking about Puritan names for half a second. They're stupid. Puritan names are ridiculous. They're all taken from the Bible, and some of them are like ridiculous. Like God's wrath is inevitable. Hobbs, like that's like names like that genuinely existed. It's bizarre. Deliverance is not a name. I'm sorry if there's anyone listening who has a Deliverance as a forename, but bizarre. Anyway. <laughs> As I said, Deliverance Hobbs, Sarah Wilde, and loads more were arrested. Some of these were accused of bewitching another villager. Some had sent their spectre to torment villagers. Others were simply defending their family members and were arrested for it. But the vast majority had done absolutely nothing at all. I will rephrase that. All of them had done absolutely fuck all. <laughs> There is no such thing as witches. Like, they didn't do anything. They're not sending their spectre to torment you. They're just being accused randomly. And it's getting crazy. This religion is out of hand. Oh, it's mob mentality. Now, the arrests, as I say, were getting out of hand. Soon the whole of Salem would be in jail. Some were able to avoid arrest when those who accused would disagree on who was at fault. Such as in the case with a woman called Mary Eastie. Now, Mary Eastie was accused and arrested for bewitchment, but was soon released when her accusers couldn't confirm that it was her, which is all well and good. She gets released. That's great. Where her accusers are saying, eh, I'm not sure it could have been her, but it might not have been. Okay, we can't arrest her unless we actually know it was her. Uh, but then they decided, no, it actually, no, it was her. And then she was rearrested. <sighs> Just off someone saying so. Yeah. Yeah, literally, it just took a one more person to confirm it and just say, uh, no, it was her, and then they'd arrest you. Bloody hell. So, what's going on? <laughs> Why is this just completely spiralling out of control? Well, it might have something to do with a local rivalry that seems to stem from one family in Salem. 
Now we briefly mentioned last week as to like what was causing these fits between these women. Uh, there's the theory that there are fungus growing on the rye, which was then being made into the bread, and that was affecting people going crazy. Mm. Um, there's another one which I like to go along with a bit more, suggesting that the two girls, um, the daughter and niece of the reverend, were just acting, just playing up, playing a game, and it got taken out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another one is this family feud, uh, family feud, but like just a general feud in the town. Um, it all stems from this one family called the Putnams. Now, Thomas Putnam Jr. and his wife are devoted Puritans who are friends of the minister Samuel Paris. Remember, his daughter and the niece are the first two that are afflicted. Okay. Now, the Putnams mm-hmm. are in support of having a new church built in Salem Village where they live. Now, others around the Salem area are against it. They would rather walk the five miles to Salem town than have their taxes doubled just so they can have a new church built. Now, this caused a split between those living in Salem who supported the Putnams and a new church and those who didn't. And Putnam would file many lawsuits against his enemies. Um, And also, a fun fact, I think I may be right in here, this is where America's culture of suing people starts. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you know how we, like, particularly us in the like in Europe, we joke about how in America you can't do anything about being sued. Like, you couldn't save someone's mm. life giving them CPR without someone suing you for fucking insult. Um, yeah. It turns out it may stem from the Puritan era of the col- colonies. It turns out in Europe, particularly in, in Britain... Um, if you had a disagreement with a neighbour, you had a fight. That was just the way you did it, right? It seems like yeah. it seems we still do that generally. You fight them. You, you, you go out, yeah. fight in the streets, and then you deal with it, sorted, move on. Puritans, obviously the whole reason for moving to the new world was to have a more religiously pure, more adult, more mature way of living. Ironically, they end up killing mm. so many people for being witches. But regardless, they were like, instead of being fucking brutal savages and fighting your neighbours um, we encourage you to take them to court and sue them which we think is a more mature way of doing things and let the judicial system play it out uh, and it turns out Puritans were just fucking they loved it they took them, they took everyone to court for the most stupid of shit um, and so I think that's where it comes from that's mental <laughs> I mean it makes sense doesn't it because people sue each other for fucking anything these days oh yeah yeah 100% um which then also explains a lot why uh, Puritans, particularly obviously in Salem, are so they find it so easy to go up to like the courthouse and just accuse neighbours because they would go to the courthouse mm. and accuse them of all sorts and take them to court and sue them for just random stupid shit. So yeah. it'd be so much. It's so easy for them to just go up to the courthouse and say, "Oh yeah, so and so's a witch." Like that makes more sense yeah. now. It's not so difficult to do it. Like now. Like we've got the COVID police, um, we're in lockdown. So if you have in, if you <laughs> if you've got people around your house that obviously you shouldn't have around your house, the idea that your neighbours might ring up the COVID hotline and say, "Look, someone's not socially distancing; they're not in lockdown." I think that's yeah. harder for us to do now um, than it would have been for the Puritans. They'd have just been straight down the fucking courthouse and been like, "Did you know so and so has been having parties?" Like that would happen. Yeah, it absolutely doesn't happen now. I've never seen like anyone get pulled i actually looked at the fines the other day and there's barely any fines have been given out in england yeah i'm hearing a lot from they just break up like 
mass gatherings. So as long as you have like a couple of people around, no one's going to fucking stop you. Yeah, I, I have noticed a lot of people saying this is not lockdown. This is not what it was. It's not. Whenever I go out for like a walk or whatever and I look around, I'm like, the amount of people that are out and about, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Like, it's fucking bad shit, but yeah. So it turns out it might not be lawsuits specifically that the Putnam family were distributing as well. Uh, there seems to be a strange coincidence that those accused of witchcraft were against the building of the new church in Salem Village, and many of the accusers were for a new church, with 181 accusations of witchcraft coming from the Putnam family alone, where Mercy Lewis was one of them. She was uh, a maid for the Putnam family. So I find that interesting. You've got those that want a new church in Salem Village who are friends with the Putnams, those who don't want a new mm-hmm. church who aren't friends, those that don't want a church, they're the ones being accused of witchcraft by the ones who want a new church. And Mary Le- Mercy yeah. Lewis is one of those who wants the church. 181 accusations of witchcraft come from the Putnam family alone. How mad is that? Mm. So I think... That is crazy. I'm starting to think that there's, there's two parts to this the young girls the nephew and daughter the niece and nephew the niece and daughter of the reverend have played a game and it's got taken out of hand right it's gone a bit mad and they've now gone oh shit we can't admit it now it's gone too far i think then the putnams have then gone oh listen we could play on this we could get rid of half these people and then we can get a new church and they've just gone for it Mm. i'm thinking that but i may be wrong we don't actually know So anyway, what can we do with all these people confined in jail? Salem won't have one big enough to house everyone. And remember, jail, particularly this time, is just a holding pen where the accused wait for trial. So when are these people going to go to trial? Well, for the meantime, they're not. Our magistrates, John Hawthorne and John Corwin, they do not have the authority to try them in court properly. So... They're just sitting in jail in their own filth. And I mean it, in their own filth. There is one bucket for over 60 people by this point who have been arrested for witchcraft while being... A singular bucket. A singular bucket for you to piss and shit in. And there are over 60 people in there, some of which are children. As I mentioned, there is a four-year-old in there who apparently does go insane because she's sat in there for four months. Right, that seems unfair. It does seem unfair, doesn't it? I will also... uh, point out they are also being charged for this you have to pay for any bedding and food whilst you are there in prison this seems even more unfair yes so not only have i been wrongfully accused of being a witch i'm being held in this giant fucking jailhouse with one bucket to shit in with 60 other people in here one of which is a child and i'm having to pay for it myself that's yeah okay so uh, this is just a bit of a shit Shit, shit situation for these unfortunate folks. Oh, very, very bad. Very bad. So how do we solve the witch problem that is rife in Salem? Now, remember the Bible passage uh, we mentioned last week? Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Mm-hmm. It's a Bible passage in Exodus. It, actually, oh, wow, okay. Yep, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And remember that the Puritans like to take the Bible uh, very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that phrase is going to be taken very, very seriously, <laughs> which brings us on to a man named George Burroughs, or Reverend Burroughs, we should call him. 
Now, he was the Reverend of Salem before our current man, Samuel Paris. Uh, I will forgive you all listening if you, do, if you do get a bit lost. There are lots of names in this story, uh, and I've tried to simplify it as much as possible when it comes to naming people, um, but it, I understand there's a lot of names, so I yeah, try and stay with me. Yeah. <laughs> now, George, Bur- okay. George Burroughs, the former Reverend, left when he had issues with his congregation. See, they'd stopped paying his wages due to disagreements, which meant he couldn't pay his debts. Debts that were owed to the Putnam family. Now, the Putnams took him to court, but he was able to explain that he couldn't pay his debts if the villagers withheld his wages. And so he won the case and was eventually able to pay his debts and thought, no, fuck this, I don't like them, I'm leaving. So he left Salem. But the Putnams, they never forgot this humiliation. Now, by 1692, George Burroughs, he is a minister in the frontier regions of Maine, where local militias are fighting Native Americans. However, this does not mean he is exempt from accusations. Back in Salem, Anne Putnam Jr., who is the Putnam uh, daughter, she is being attacked by what she claims is, and I'm not joking here, the invisible spectre of John Burroughs. She doesn't even see him. This invisible spectre supposedly tells her that he is the leader of the witches and that he has killed his first two wives and the wife and daughter of his predecessor. And not only that, but he's also bewitched the men fighting the natives on the frontier. Now, because of that, Burroughs is found, arrested and brought back to Salem where he is questioned and held in jail. That seems perfectly reasonable because he was invisible. So, yeah, lock him up, I say. Yeah, how fucking insane is that? Like, it's one thing for, like, Mercy Lewis and some of the other women to accuse someone saying, I actually saw the spectre of Martha Corey in my fucking bedroom. But Anne Putnam Jr. is going, um, there's someone in my room. (laughs) What? Where? Uh, in front of me. Ooh. Uh, George Burroughs. Are you sure I can't see him? Well, he's invisible, obviously. Oh, okay. Let's go arrest him. How bizarre. He's actually fucking invisible. She cannot see him. She's just making it up. It's the fact that she's got so heavily involved in all this, like, witchy nonsense story. And she, she I, I reckon she genuinely believes what she's saying. Well, yeah, so there's some people who have, like, studied and researched this phenomena that's happened in Salem, and they do think that these people did genuinely believe that they were seeing shit, but that it's one-upmanship. They're seeing someone else do it, and they're having to one-up it, but they are actually seeing it. Their brain is actually making them think these things, which is bizarre. Um, But to arrest someone, like, she's not even seeing him. He's invisible. He's not there, and she's making it up. What? And also, you know, interestingly enough... Her dad has beef with the man. Oh, it just so happens that she sees the spectre of the one man that her dad has the most beef with. You know? It's a bit coincidental, is it yeah. not? Yeah. A bit sus. Oh, God, yeah. Now, by June of 1692, a legal court that could try all of these cases was set up in Salem Town and was headed by a man named William Stoughton as chief magistrate. Now, the first to be tried was... Uh, Bridget Bishop. She was 50 by this point, 
but 12 years earlier, she was actually accused of witchcraft, but was found to be not guilty. So this is not new as well. Um, someone had, like, witchcraft had been thrown around, accusations of witchcraft anyway, had been thrown around like about a decade beforehand, but it didn't go crazy, which I find interesting. So mm. she was accused 12 years ago, but was found to be not guilty. However, now it's different. She has been accused again alongside half of fucking Salem, and with over 60 others accused, um, her previous case is now being brought up again. So, turns out, 32-year-old John Lauder claims that some years before, in the dead of night, he woke to find the spectre of Bridget Bishop sitting on his chest, claiming he had no power in his hands to help himself. Ooh. To me... That's a sleep paralysis, isn't it? Yeah, it's either sleep paralysis or he's just had a dirty dream that he won't admit to. Yeah. I think... <laughs> he's had a sex I dream. I think he's had a sex dream. <laughs> yeah, we all have them. And it's when you have it with like someone like you work with or something and the next day you have to go and see them and they don't know. You just look at them you're like, oh, you dirty bastard. Exactly. I know what you did in my head. Exactly. But do you know what is more acceptable now, James? To actually tell the person. You go, do you know it's really weird? I had a sex dream about you last night. But I'm telling you now, yeah. I'm telling you now, in 1692, in Puritan Salem, you could not say to fucking um, Bridget Bishop, hey, yeah, Bridget, I know you're like, you know, 14, 15 years older than me, but I had a sex dream about you last night. He can't say that. So the only way he can admit it is in court, <laughs> accusing her of witchcraft. That's his way of getting off on it. Like, she's just... That seems like a perfectly good thing to do. Oh, yeah, she's just sat on his chest, like... <laughs> I don't think it's... Which, again, I don't know what kind of sex dreams he's having, but never had one of someone sitting on my chest. No. Bizarre, isn't it? Maybe it was a stimulant. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> God. Uh, so, yes, 32-year-old John Lauder, he claims that the spectre of Pretty Bishop um, was sitting on his chest, and no one claimed that, oh, it's just a sex dream, you fucking dirty perv. Get out of here. No, that was enough. They went, okay, brilliant. Thank you for that evidence. That's very useful. Um, but Pretty is also accused because she wears all black and sometimes wears odd clothing which is against puritan custom that's 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 also taken down they're like yep yeah, okay yep yeah, brilliant thank you very much what what is defined as odd clothing i don't know but the main thing is she's wearing all black uh when we oh, when we picture dear. puritans we do picture them all in black they're boring Apparently, they mm. did like colourful clothing, which is, you know, that's fine. But, um, yeah, she's wearing all black, and that's, that's odd. That's odd. Um, I don't understand what odd clothing was, but it was an accusation that was thrown at her. Now, all of this uh, was thrown at her. But the worst part of the trial is when a woman in the audience, and this is bizarre, she stands up, she's screaming in agony, and she's holding out a bloodied hand. Her own bloodied hand saying that she's been pricked by Bridget and her hand has like specks of blood all over it like it's pouring out of her pores. How bizarre is that? That's very bizarre. Very bizarre. Now, when you do think about it, these are pinpricks in her hand and she's been sat there in court for a little while watching and many, mm. many say that she'd done it to herself while she sat there. She's just been, whilst waiting, pricking her hand with a needle while no one can see and waiting for her hand right. to get all nice and bloodied up. And then she stands up screaming and goes, oh, my hand, she's been pricking my hand. Look, look, look. And again, 
That is enough to find her guilty. And she is the first. Yeah, she's the first to be hanged on June 10th, 1692. And this wasn't a quick hanging either. She wasn't dropped so that her neck would snap and she would die instantly, as became tradition with hangings later on in, in, uh, in history. She was stepped off a ladder. Now, I don't know if I'm teaching us to suck eggs here, guys, but you'd literally be you know, stood up on a step on the ladder and then that's the person would grab your feet and just swing you off of it. Like, take your feet from off the step and then you'd just swing off, right? You're not falling, you're not having your neck snapped. You are, I'm not joking, you're twitching. Your, your body is just flicking and you're gasping for breath the whole time. Now, the residents of Salem watched for minutes while Bridget Bishop's body just twitched gasping for breath Mm. until she stopped moving literally minutes this takes it could take up to five to ten minutes for someone to die doing that and they all just stood watching how mad is that Mm. she was the first but by all means she is not the last to be murdered for sheer incompetency and religious fanaticism (laughs) yeah now Uh yeah it's horrible it's really not very nice i just We've all seen like programs, like films, where like you see someone hanging. You can imagine it, the the body twitching. Uh, when we worked at a famous um, scare attraction in London, it's called the Tyburn Jig, um, mm-hmm. where the body just convulses and twitches as it's struggling to get out. So Salem Courthouse is now has the authority to try and, if need be, execute witches. And considering the questioning we've heard from the magistrate so far and how pathetic it is. You can imagine it's not going to go down very well if you're accused. Now, by no. July 19th, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Sarah Wilds and Rebecca Nurse all went to trial and were all found guilty as they would not confess to being witches, nor would they implicate others. All five of them were hanged together. Again, not a quick hanging, slow Exactly, like mm. awful fucking hanging. They're all just twitching. Five ladies, innocent ladies, are just hanging there, gasping and dying. <sighs> now, let's go back to Salem's previous reverend, George Burroughs. He was next to be tried. As evidence, several people showed up and accused George of sending his spectre to torment them. Mercy Lewis, remember the Putnam family maid whose accusations brought George Burroughs back to Salem, she testifies describing an encounter with him. He supposedly tells her that the devil was his servant and that he wanted Mercy to sign the devil's book and become like him. Burroughs defends himself by claiming that it's all bullshit. Um, Like, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's it's not very far from the truth at all. he was like, this is all rubbish, you know that. Like, it's all crap. And they were like, no, no. There's no such things as these witches and the devil is not sending spectres to annoy people. But this is totally against Puritan theology. And I'm not joking, they accuse him of blasphemy for saying it. <laughs> He's like, this is shit. This is absolute horse shit. You've got teenage girls accusing every fucker in the village and you're just going along with it. And they're like, oh, blasphemy. <laughs> And he is found guilty, and he is also sentenced to death by hanging. And on August... Bloody hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. August the 19th, 1692, George Burroughs is standing on the ladder 
rope around his neck, waiting to be swung, when he does something remarkable. He recites the Lord's Prayer. Can you recite the Lord's Prayer? Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name? Yes. Uh, And that's kind of where I get to. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it, otherwise I will burn in flames unfortunately otherwise i would i can imagine i can imagine i would no i think it's our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then there's like there's more to it um isn't it like give us this day our daily bread yeah something like that and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us oh oh okay yeah we're getting there <laughs> between the two of us we might well, get yeah, it together in. i reckon we could rattle it off yeah unfortunately we would be killed uh, uh as witches because we can't recite the whole thing so um we best get learning yeah why is reciting the lord's prayer so special well it turns out three years earlier in boston an irish woman known as goody glover was tried for witchcraft but the main thing that sealed her conviction was that she couldn't recite the lord's prayer no matter how many times the court tried to have her repeat the words, she couldn't say it. And that alone was enough evidence to suggest that she was a witch. Because, the reason being, the devil wouldn't be able to, nor would he even want to, recite the Lord's Prayer. And for that alone, she was executed. They never took into account the fact that she was Irish and probably couldn't speak English. Mm. <laughs> How mad's that? This is fucking mental. It's, it's just obviously we can look at it from a modern point of view of just how fucking dumb are you people? But I suppose they just fully believed everything. Yeah, like I mentioned last week's episode, they genuinely believed that the devil walked around the earth alongside them, and that sin was an ever-present thing that you had to fight against. And that's why Puritans, when uh, traditionally stereotypically quite boring, miserable fuckers, where they were like, "I mm. have to focus on my religion." 100% all day, every day. Otherwise, the devil and his sinful ways could, could, you know, get inside me. Uh, and as far as they were yeah. concerned, this was happening. People were allowing it to happen. How mad. That's crazy. But yeah, so it was then deemed that because some Irish woman couldn't speak English, she could only speak Irish. Uh, because she can't speak English, um, she can't spe- say the Lord's Prayer. That definitely means she's a witch because the devil... Well, why would the devil be able to recite the Lord's Prayer? He can't. He cannot do it. Therefore, witches can't do it either. So fast forward to George Burroughs, who's on the ladder with a rope around his neck, and he's reciting the Lord's Prayer eloquently, so much so that he's bringing a tear to the eyes of many who have gathered to watch him swing. How how can a man who can recite the Lord's Prayer so beautifully be a witch? which was the thinking that was the thinking the people watching going he Mm. can't be a witch look at me he's reciting the lord's prayer that's amazing now before anyone's opinions could be swayed and turned another minister uh called cotton mather who's watching on he argues that this is not the work um of an angel this is not divine intervention here what this is here that you're what you're watching right here everyone is the devil whispering the words to him that's what's happening here don't be don't be fooled all right the devil was once an angel remember he was cast out of heaven therefore he could also use the image of an angel to confuse us all 
And that's exactly what's happening here, everyone. Don't be fooled. <laughs> Don't be fooled. You can't argue against that. Exactly, James. And this is the problem with religious fanaticism, particularly at this point. You cannot argue against it because there's no logic at all. And for that... Isn't there like... Go on. Being stupid and being dead are exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter to you. You won't feel it, but it hurts everyone around yes. you. Yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, George Burroughs, he knows this. He's like, if I recite the Lord's Prayer, this might get me off last minute. This is my last desperate attempt. If I can recite the Lord's Prayer, like I do know because I was a reverend, I know it perfectly. If I can do that right, I'll be good. And he's doing it. Everyone's going, this is amazing. I think we should maybe get him down because he clearly is not a witch. Another fucker comes in and goes, no, 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 no. The devil's whispering it to him. Ignore him. And for that, he swings. He suffocates slowly, twitching, and dies. People could be so sadistic and they could mask their, like, need to kill people with religion. It's it's awful. (laughs) I do find this a fascinating topic. Like, how, and I, I have mentioned it. Religious fanaticism. That's all it. Some part of the way. I mean, it's not just religious fanaticism. I'm not hit. I'm not hating on your religion again, people. Like I know I do it quite a lot, but it is part of it. It's a big part of it. So now we come. I always think if religion makes you a better person, then power yeah. to you. But if it starts hurting people around you, then absolutely. Fuck you. Uh, so now we come to the bloodiest chapter of the Salem witch trials, uh, which is September of 1692. Giles Corey. The man who was arrested purely because he protested his wife Martha's innocence, he's now being tried. Remember, he's not accused of witchcraft here. He just was arrested because his wife was accused and he argued against it. Right? He thinks this is a load of bullshit, right? He's not playing ball. So when he's asked questions in court, he's not responding. He's like, no, I'm 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 not playing ball here. This is shit. I'm not doing it. I'm not implicating someone else. I'm not admitting to nothing. Like, what you, I don't know what you want me to say, right? This is this is Giles Corey's way of thinking it. Um, he knows that everyone so far who has gone to court has either been found guilty or they've been executed and admitted someone else is also a witch, right? There's also no defence lawyers around this point, James, right? There's no defence lawyers at all. So, for instance, when mm. um, when that lady stood up in court with pricks all over her hand, going, look, I've been stabbed in the hand by Bridget Bishop's ghost right now. A, a defence lawyer right now would say, can I have that lady thrown out of court? Like, that she's, she's hampering the case. Obviously, there's no defence lawyers back then. So that was genuine evidence that was allowed to stay, right? Uh, and the fact, again, that Giles Corey is not being accused of witchcraft. He's purely just defending his wife, as is his right. He's now in court. He won't play ball. And there's no defence lawyer to help him out. So, you know, the odds are firmly stacked against him, aren't they? Now, yeah. as far as Puritans were concerned, Giles' silence is suspicious enough. But he will not hang. Instead, well, he will suffer something arguably worse. He was laid on his back while weights or stones were placed on his chest. More and more weights and stones placed on his chest, really pressing down on him. All the time, he's being asked if he wished to confess. And every time, he replies, more weight. To which more stones and more weights will be placed on his chest. He lasted 
for two days in this state. And finally, the weight, yeah, Bloody finally hell. the weight was too much and he died in September 19th, 1692 and was never convicted of witchcraft. So at least he wins that round, but he does die. That's just torture. They've just tortured him. Yeah. How awful is that? You're laying down and you're just having more and more heavy weights pressed down on your whole body. And eventually it just, it gave Mm. way. Like he's an old man. Like he's in his like sixties. Yeah. Uh, His wife, Martha, remember who the whole reason Giles was arrested was because he um, was defending his wife. Um, She also refused to admit her guilt or implicate anyone else. She too was found guilty, and three days later, after Giles' death, was also hanged uh, on September 22nd. And seven others will be hanged throughout September in 1692, all because they would not admit to something they were not, and would not accuse others either. That was the bloodiest period of the whole of Salem's witch trials. September was crazy. Like, more than ten people were just Mm -hmm. killed, murdered, straight out. Uh, This trend of not admitting and not accusing started to become a thing. Uh, it was more like a resistance to the system that was just, it's not in control at all. Never was right. Um, so doubt over the courts started to fester because these witches are coming up and saying, no, it's not me. And they're going, okay, well, it, do you know of any other witches? I'm like, no, no, I don't think there are any. Well, you're clearly guilty. And then they'd be hung. Well, more and more people are watching that and going, there's loads of people saying there's no more witches and why are we still arresting people and they're still being hung? Um, a merchant in Boston named Thomas Brattle openly challenges the proceedings in Salem. He writes a letter in which he says, With respect to such as confess themselves to be witches, I cannot but tell you, they do often contradict themselves. Even the judges themselves have caught them in flat lies, but the judges then vindicate these confessors and say the devil takes their memory. Um, again, sorry to have you suck eggs, guys. Uh, he's basically just saying those that have been accused, they tend their, their stories tend to contradict themselves, i.e. in the case of uh, Tichiba, where she's like, oh, it's not me, I'm not the devil. And then when they're like, they pressed her further, she went, but the devil does sometimes talk to me. And you're like, okay, well, which is it? You've told me two stories. Uh, and when they tell two stories, the judges then just take the one that is more appropriate for them. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, and okay. Brattle's not the only one. So even those who were accused and saved themselves by accusing others began to send uh, have second thoughts. Now, seventeen-year-old mm. confessed witch Margaret Jacobs, whose accusations led to the hangings of George Burroughs, our reverend, and her own grandfather had a letter written to the judges in which it stated, quote, what I said was altogether false against my grandfather and Mr. Burroughs. They told me if I would not confess, I should be put into the dungeon and would be hanged. But if I confess, I should have my life. Someone actually admits it. Yeah. Now, Margaret, I suppose as we, I think, was it last week that we mentioned? If you like, you torture someone long enough, and in this case, I think it's ment- mental torture. They'll just believe it. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And 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 she's she's spelled that out plainly as anything. She said, "I was told if I did it, I'd I'd be allowed to live." So I did it. Yeah. Her own grandfather, she had put <laughs> to death yeah. because of it. As I say, Margaret Jacobs is not the only one who recants her accusation. The judges began to try again 
those who had confessed and then accused. Almost immediately, under tougher scrutiny, the people who had collaborated were not confessing, nor were they accusing anymore, which is a bit odd. Ooh. Um, more and more voices were calling out the trials happening in Salem, including a man, well, including Cotton Mathers, um, the man who claimed the devil could recite the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this is the same guy that when George Burroughs was being hung, Cotton Mathers came along and said, no, 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 that's the devil whispering the words to him, remember? Um, his dad, again with a silly name, his dad was called Increase Mathers. Increase, as in there are more of. Increase. What? It's not a name. Right. Uh, anyway. Increase. You know, just, just increase it. Yeah. So his dad, Increase Mather, uh, was... Uh, the flip side to Cotton. Cotton was like a bit more religious fanaticism. Increase was more, you know, calmer about it all. He wrote a letter pleading that this all stopped, saying that uh, it would be better for 10 witches to go free than for one more innocent person to be hanged. Which, you know, wow, that makes sense. Now, by the end of October, the court in Salem was dissolved and any outstanding cases were tried in a regular court. Here, things such as spectral evidence, which was so important to the previous cases, that was thrown out of court immediately. They were like, that's bullshit. Who allowed that to go, right? That was thrown out. Um, and all the people who had been rotten in Salem jail still needed to be processed. Because the, you can't just let them out. There's a whole judicial system now. They're in the system. They've got to be put through it. Now, three more people would be found guilty of being witches, even through like a genuine high upstanding court. However, they would be reprieved by the judge. He was like, I'm not going to put you to death. Like, it's a bit daft. Like, just stop being a witch, all right? Stop doing it. <laughs> mm. uh, and it takes another three months to get through the 49 people that are left in Salem's jail. Again, who are all paying for this at the same time, whilst having just one bucket yeah. to shit in. Um, I'll also point out three people died in jail. Like they were not, they were accused. They never went to trial. They didn't get round to it. They died in that jail. Innocent people that probably wouldn't have died if they weren't in it. So Tichiba, who was the first person accused and put in jail. Oh yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're, we're full circle here. Tichiba, she's still alive. She survived jail and she's released. She was in there for a whole year. Um, yeah, hell. when she came out, um, she ended up coming out and you know, unfortunately she's still a slave. She was given to another family because her uh, master, owner, whatever, he refused to pay um, for like her bedding and shit and stuff like that. Um, so like he just gave up ownership and she ended up going to someone else. Uh, but 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 Tichiba, she did survive the jail. At least that's something. Um, she wasn't executed for being a witch, which is odd as she was the first one. Now in 1703, mm. so it's now done. Salem is over. The witch trials are gone. But that doesn't just mean it stops. Um, there is going to be fallout naturally. Like imagine still living in the same village, um, living opposite someone who's accused you. Um, it's going yeah. to be difficult. In 1703, the General Court of the Massachusetts Bay Colony throws out most of the evidence that was used in the witch trials. In 1706... Anne Putnam Jr., uh, remember, whose accusations led to the death of George Burroughs when she saw his invisible spectre, um, mm -hmm. she formally apologises to her church 
and to the families of those that she has accused, saying in the letter, quote, I did not, I did not, out of anger, malice, or ill will to any person, but what I did was done ignorantly, being deluded by the devil. So even then, it's not really an apology. It's like, ah, oh, I'm sorry. But that's alright then, she wrote a letter so everything's fine. Like, if someone killed my mum and wrote me a letter, I'd be like, yeah, no worries, cool. Yeah, but... It don't fucking work yeah, like that. Imagine someone kills your mum, or at least leads does something that leads to the death of your mum, and then writes you a letter and says, oh, I'm really, really sorry, that's really bad, but like I said, I didn't do it deliberately, the devil told me to do it. You're like, okay, so you're still not admitting what you've done. It's a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, well, then she has to live with the guilt for the rest of her life. Yeah. Uh, in 1711, the colony begins to process payment, monetary compensation to the families that were affected by the witch trials, which is it's something. I think in uh, the late 21st century, uh, I think it might have been like 93 or it might have even been 2003, uh, the area of Salem in Massachusetts. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, everyone who was tried for witchcraft back then, all their names have been like washed away from like the records. Huh. So, <clears throat> uh, okay. So like it's all been omitted from it. So none of them are, none of them like it, 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 as far as the records would say, it would say, oh, uh, Bridget Bishop uh, executed for witchcraft. Blah 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 blah. They've now washed away that record that said that no one doesn't say that she was ever like a witch. It was just saying, like, she was murdered right. for being accused of, oh, so-and-so, but she's not uh, convicted as of a witch. <clears throat> yeah, Which is, okay. It's, so par- kind of pardoned. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're all being pardoned um, in a way. Like, yeah. it's just been taken away. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, now, the magistrate, John Hawthorne, uh, you know, I remember we had two magistrates, John Hawthorne and John Cor- Conway, uh, Cor- Corwin. Yep, yep. Can't remember the name now. Um, those two who were, like, the two big dudes who, like, got, everyone tried uh he he stayed in salem like he lived in salem afterwards until his death in 1717 aged 76 good innings for those days i good innings for those days but get so not only did he stay in salem the village where he was having people hung as witches and then those who were in prison who eventually got let out you're then going to see those people they're going to look at you and think if I ever met you in that courthouse, I could have been fucking hung. And he mm. he never apologised for his involvement. Never. He firmly stood by it. He's a murderer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, the Salem witch trials were over, all right? But this doesn't just mean people just stop believing in witches overnight. It just means that the legal system stopped dealing with it. Uh the legal system was not willing to go along with local beliefs anymore when it came to like this shit. It was like, oh, she's a witch. I'm going to take you to court. Go for it. And then you go to court and say, my neighbour's a witch. And they went, oh, really? Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, well, uh, she's got a dirty, great big mole on her cheek. And you're like, get out. <laughs> that went like, They were like, no, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, which is good. That's good because that helps. Um, if you look back in history as well, like it turns out, like obviously European history has a big, big thing with witches. In France, it turns out that more centralized uh, power and government uh, 
has a direct um uh coincidence it's a direct coincidence that more centralized government and power uh meant that accusations of witchcraft dropped because like no longer are just little villages their own little thing that can just accuse and do what they want they now have to like uh go toward a higher power like a, a more centralized government and go to them and say look this is what we want to do and then someone else can say well, that looks daft uh, it's ridiculous so there is some mm. benefits to like you know more centralized bigger uh governments and councils than you know just a small town yeah so anyway in all 25 people died during the witch trials all of them needlessly so yeah be thankful you weren't european though all right um so that that's salem witch trials all right that's that's salem done all right um yeah so we're, we're done with salem now i hope you enjoyed that part uh but as i say they kind of want to just be thankful that they weren't european at the time because it is estimated that over a 300 year period between 40 and 60,000 people were executed as witches, either by hanging, drowning, or burning at the stake. 40 to 60,000 people needlessly murdered in Europe over 300 years. Fucking Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Crazy. Particularly at a point where, like, I think the whole of Europe's population was like a couple million. That's like yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, in terms of like percentages, that's quite a high percentage of the populations being just murdered. Uh, anyway, there was gone. Like we spoke about it briefly last week, didn't we? Like King James and stuff, and I think that's an episode in itself. But like during England, I was told this by a friend of mine that in the morning you could go and see a play about witches and about specific like witch trials, and then in the afternoon. You go and see that witch get executed. Oh, that's cruel. That's, no, I like that. That's mental, isn't it? It's like a fucking Harry Potter part one and part two yeah. that you go and see in the theatre. <laughs> but it's just like in the morning you see a fit like a play about them and then you go see them die. Yeah. But that's fucking batshit. It is crazy, isn't it? Um, I will point out, as far as I'm aware, I'm, uh, I, I think I'm correct in this. Uh, there were no witch burnings in, the, in England. Uh, the burning of witches took place in Scotland, but didn't take place in England. They were hung in England, as far as I'm aware. Um, if I'm wrong, feel free to correct us, but I think that I do believe that to be true. Um, now, one of the most famous witch hunters, I, I did say I'd bring him up, was the witch finder general himself, Matthew Hopkins. Now, he was born in Suffolk, but, dependent, uh, but he did spend the rest of his life in my county of Essex. Now, he would become the self-proclaimed Witchfinder General in 1644. I find that quite a funny little side note. He's called the Witchfinder General, but no one gave him the title. He gave it to himself, which is mm. a bit nerdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what do you do? I'm just a witch hunter. Oh, well, we've got quite a few witch hunters. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm... Sorry, I should have reiterated. I'm the witch Witchfinder General. Ah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's really pathetic and sad. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Now, uh, he became the Witchfinder General after allegedly overhearing a group of women talk about their meetings with the devil. And that was enough. He was like, right, they're all witches. It was a, he was a finger pointer. 
He was a finger pointer. He was like, ah, you. Yeah. Now, in the three years that he was active uh, before retiring in 1647, he is said to be directly responsible for the deaths of over 100 people for witchcraft. Just one man, directly. I'm I'm sure we mentioned this last week. He is definitely the kind of guy that has been spurned by every woman he's ever yeah. tried to like be with, <laughs> yeah. and he's just very, very angry oh, about he's a, it. He's a, it's a... Uh, an old-timey incel. Yeah. Yeah. If, if He would be living in his mom's basement in modern times. 100%. Like 45 years 100%. old, and it, crying to himself. It explains it perfectly. Incels nowadays are just sit on the internet looking at naked pictures, and that's how they get it. Back then, mm. you couldn't look at a naked lady unless you were like being a peeping Tom. But mm. if you were a witch finder general, you got to shave the body of a woman and inspect her for devil marks. That's... Mm. You got to strip a lady down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he employed the usual methods to extract confessions. Uh, as I said, shaving the body, checking it for devil's marks were like moles and stupid shit like that. Um, which, telling me he never got off on that. Like like you were just referring to. Like, no, absolutely not. He probably got off on killing them as well. Oh, like, more than likely. Proper like Ted Bundy vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that like he was probably stood there. And like, he, d- I doubt... Matthew Hopkins had them undressed themselves. Like I bet he was fucking. He was pulling the string and like untying yeah. the shit and like almost ripping the stuff off of them. I think he was getting off on that mm. the whole time. Uh, and in the whole yeah. and the whole time, he's like, "You're a dirty witch. I'm checking you for yeah. devil's marks. You dirty witch. Oh yeah, he's a dirty bastard. Oh he is. Now torture was an illegal method in the uh, in England specifically uh, to extract confessions. But Hopkins, he ain't too fast. Um, there was witch pricking devices, uh, which is just a needle or a knife that was pricked into the skin to make a devil's mark if you didn't find one. Again, you can't win. If you've been accused by Matthew Hopkins, you can't win. Um, he will mm. make a devil's mark and he will put you to death. Um, uh, he would also... Also, sorry, witch pricking device is the genuine name for it. And um, uh, when... I used to work at that famous scare attraction that we both used to work at. I we we did a Halloween uh, takeover show in which I actually got to play Matthew Hopkins and do the whole scenario of like him. Oh, sick! Yeah, it, do you know what? It was really really good because it was written by someone who like wasn't part of management. Uh, it was really really <laughs> good. Uh, however, yeah. there was one line where you'd be like, I use. So I was dressed as Matthew Hopkins and then you had another actor in the room with you. It was where Plague Doctor was. So where the body would be, there would be a female actress yep. laying there as a witch tied up. Okay. And then you as Matthew Hopkins would be like, I'm going to use my witch pricking device. Every, always got a laugh. Always got a laugh. It's supposed yeah. to be deadly serious and it always got a laugh because it was that's a stupid name. Well, yeah, because it's got so many connotations to it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to use my witch pricking device. And you know that Matthew Hopkins used his witch pricking device on more than one occasion, I would mm. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a little aside. Uh, so yeah, you prick it into the skin to make a devil's mark. Uh, he'd also run, I'm not joking, a blunt knife over the skin. And this was a test. If the accused witch... If her skin didn't break or didn't get cut by the knife, that would assu- you would assume that she's now protected by the devil. You can't cut her. How stupid's that? And he'd use a blunt, like a, it was blunt. a fucking butter knife, running a butter knife over your arm and going, hey, look, see, you can't cut her with a knife. She must be a witch. Right. How bizarre. Um, 
Then there's good old sleep deprivation as a way to get you to confess. There was stress standing positions. So just let, 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 not allow to sit down. You have to stand for days on end. That was enough uh, to get women to confess and admit their guilt. Or there's the good old swimming test, as it's in uh, old Monty Python films. Now, it was thought mm. that those in league with the devil had renounced their baptism. Therefore, they would be rejected by the water. It kind of makes sense in a slow... Like, there is some sort of method to the madness in the thinking idea of it all. It'd be like, we get baptised by being put in the water. If you reject baptism, surely you wouldn't be able to, like... Like, the water would reject you. You'd float. Uh, <laughs> so, they were tied to a chair, and then they'd just be thrown into the water. And if they floated, which most people did... You know, because humans are fucking buoyant by a chart by just being alive. We're just buoyant fucking things. Yeah. If you floated, that was proof that you were then being rejected by the water. How stupid's that? Yeah. And if you were to drown, then oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, turns out she wasn't a witch. <laughs> I think that's mm. in Monty Python, in it. It's like if she floats, she's a witch. Well, if she doesn't, well, then we know she wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah. So in the end, uh, Matthew Hopkins, the self-proclaimed Witchfinder General, he died young. He died at the age of 25 from tuberculosis. He died in Manningtree in Essex. Oh. Well, karma yeah. gets you, doesn't he's, it? He, he's younger than us when he was doing this. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah, which which is even more like, you know, he was just being a perv. Mm, yeah, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there we have it. There was our little Halloween special talking about nice. the Salem Witch Trials and a few extra witchy facts and stories. We do love a witch. We do. We do. Witches are great, man. I like modern day witches. They're called white witches and other things. I like that. Mm. They're all like doing yeah. weird shit and like to draw half crescent yeah they'd like to draw half crescent moons on their cheeks and stuff and it's like what are you doing yeah i like that <laughs> cute <laughs> kind of cute so yeah <laughs> there's uh, there's our story on witches i hope everyone enjoyed it i know it's been a long nice. one uh so yes i hope you guys enjoyed that um it, uh, to be fair it was quite fun to re uh, research that uh i didn't realize how long it could get you know yeah, in that person, lovely. and then that person, and then that person. How it absolutely just spiraled out of control. It's like, you know, are you a witch? No. Well, if 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 you say you are, and then accuse someone else, I'll let you go free. Okay, it was them. Oh, brilliant! We've got more witches. Go get them. How daft! How daft! A lot religious, of people died. Religious fanaticism led to the deaths of over twenty people during sixteen ninety two in Salem. So yeah. Uh, and we now see Salem in, like, Salem witch trials in, like, modern media. And it's all, like, very yeah, all the time. dramatic and bloody and awful. And don't get me wrong, it was bad, but it's a um, mm. scary time. It reminds me of 1984. Oh, really? Yeah, it, just in that you can't really say much. Um, yeah, otherwise, you know, the system, yeah, the power of opinion, the system would then, you know, take you in because you're saying something that's against the overall thing or like uh there's a there's a moment in 1984 where uh our main character's neighbor he disappears and that's because the kids have said something that he's mentioned in the past 
uh, about yeah. the system and then he just disappears into like room 101 it's like the nazis yeah. we've mentioned before the nazis and their children how like parents were scared of their own kids for going to school and saying oh you know mum said that hitler's a bit of a knob oh did he yeah yeah all right okay and then they get a knock on the door later on the kids had no idea what they've done yeah so shame I, but that, kids that, yeah no yeah kids have no idea and that's what i think it was i think um that the two girls who started off our story just were just playing a prank and it got taken out of control massively out of hand yeah but then it's up to the adults to be like okay this is silly but that never happened no no that's that's the power of religion Mm. and on that note um all right thank you very much for listening everyone i do hope you enjoyed that episode um we're not sure who we got next week but it's someone bad isn't it it's gonna be a bad person i'll I'll figure it out during the week i've got a hell of a lot of time on my hands exactly we've got loads of time so we've got a bad person coming up next week uh make sure you follow us on all the socials as per usual uh any platforms that you are listening to us if it be apple podcasts and whatnot please leave us a review dropping a little five star uh, maybe like write something nice like you know oh these guys are really funny uh just do that um and if you'd like <laughs> to help the channel grow the channel uh, keep forgetting i'm not on youtube if you'd like to help the show grow at all like help us get some cool equipment or just better things in general to help the the show produce it better uh you can find us uh, on our ko-fi page and just drop like a little one-time donation it is one time it's not patreon it's not a subscription we're not asking for your, your weekly monthly money uh if you feel the need to just give us like the equivalent of like a cup of tea or coffee in starbucks uh all of that is greatly appreciated and you can find us that on www.ko-fi uh forward slash that's what people do yeah um right from me i shall say goodbye from james goodbye i swear that's how pointless ends sorry you never seem pointless yes that's how it ends it's that... goodbye from me and from richard goodbye oh i'm thinking more two ronnies oh right fair okay that's probably a better shout good night from me and good night from him see you good next night. week